Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast live from the Moxie Hotel, not a sponsor, on Guadalupe in Austin, Uh, Texas. Austin, Texas, baby, yes. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. So, Matt, we have now gone to one restaurant, Moody's, uh, as as we like to do on these. Let's start with a food discussion before we talk about it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was good. I enjoyed it. What'd you think? Yeah, it's uh, it was close to the hotel. We were both, uh, you know, like we got here. It was time to eat, so we didn't really do a lot of exploration. But it was good. Yeah, uh, you know, a little different, but yeah. Good. yeah. Um, I thought so too. Burgers were good. Yeah, the, the chips and guac was good. There you and, go. Yeah, yeah. So I'm content with that. And then we we wandered around campus, we went did. to the stadium, saw it with the lights out, got uh, stopped by security. We did, we did, <laughs> as we were getting too close to the football complex, I guess, for comfort. Uh, not that we could have gotten in, I don't think. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. just to avoid somebody, you know, throwing a rock through the window or something. But, uh, but yeah, it was fun. Uh, you know, a little, little breeze out right now, and, and it was just fun to see, like, you know, the preparation, the final stages of preparation for game day and uh, – We'll be there for the for the show tomorrow, but uh, you know, yeah, it was cool to see DKR mm-hmm. in the in the evening dusk of Austin, Texas. And you know, for all the talk that ASU fans make about early season games and the heat wilting people, it's hot and it's it muggy. Hot. It is hot, yes, yes, and I expect the uh, crowd to be very good tomorrow, not like what we see at ASU in these games. But you know, as we've discussed as we've gone on these trips, it's a different world. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a different culture here. Uh, I mean, Texas coming off the disappointing season, you know, a decade really of mostly disappointment. But, you know, I heard that season tickets are at an all-time high. And, you know, people people love their football here. And, and uh, you know, they made it, they may have unrealistically high expectations, but they have expectations and they, they support it through and through. Yeah. Well, let's uh, we'll talk about the game, the game atmosphere after the fact. But yeah. let's talk about the game atmosphere for the game you were at yesterday. Yeah, where the students turned out at Sun Devil Stadium uh, to watch the Devils stumble and then ultimately slam, you know, left lane hammer down against the <laughs> NAU Lumberjacks. It was it was what it should have been. I think. I mean, I think both. I don't remember what our exact predictions were, but. We predicted close, like maybe a two touchdown margin, something like that, and and, and not and not a defensive, you know, choking out of the opponent. And that was one of the things. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit before we've pushed record here, and uh, you know, like defensively was a was a very good performance. Um, I mean, you know, there's things obviously that will be tested greater, but the tackling was really good. Like Mm -hmm. very few missed tackles. Um, NAU didn't push the ball down the field much at all, and obviously that won't be the case every game, you know, but like secondary looked pretty good. Merlin Robertson, really solid. Like he was around the ball. He finished plays. Like again, it's NAU put that Mm -hmm. asterisk on everything that I say that's positive. But, um, you know, I was, I was happy. I mean, so had an interception. Uh, one of the, one of the new kids, Chris Edmonds had an interception. Then the other Mm -hmm. one was called back, but it was a heave. So, you know, um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought defensively, really good. And I thought, you know, offensively, you know, first drive was moved down the field at will, got bogged down inside the 10, kick field goal. Second drive, probably should have had a touchdown. Jones was a fraction late on a deep ball to a kid I admit I'd never heard of before last night, Zeke Freeman, one of the transfers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he had a step, and he was just a little late and ended up punting. You know, that was a third down throw. 
But then after that, it was touchdown, 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 touchdown out of the blocks in the third quarter, 31-3, you know, two minutes gone in the third quarter. So, uh, all in all, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. You know, it's NAU. It's an yeah. FCS team. It's a team you should be able to dominate. But neither of us was convinced that that would be the case. Yeah. So, it's do good I feel to see it. a little bit better than I did, you know, 28 hours ago? Yeah, a little bit. We'll, we'll see how things develop. Obviously, over the next you know, eleven games. Yeah, I so I did not watch the game. I was following the first half on the ESPN play-by-play. Uh, so the nuances of whether penalties were egregious yeah. or close right, calls right. and things like that, I was not seeing. But it, it certainly seemed like there's a comfort between Jones and Messiah Swinson. Yeah, um, yeah sure. That that seemed pretty evident, and then a. a very strong willingness in the Glenn Thomas playbook to let the quarterback run. Let the quarterback run, but but you know I, I liked what I saw from the two running backs too. I mean, Valde, Valde was good, looked good, and um, it's clear that he's just going to step into that Rashad yes, White role. Yes, like he's going to be the feature back, and Ngata is going to spell the him. change of pace. And and it was late in the game, but Tevin White got some carries. They weren't consequential. The game was decided, but he showed. The, the little, you know, the talent you expect to see from a guy, you know, I would have liked to see him a little bit more, but, you know, you also only have so many carries and, you know. Well, and we decided to stick with the starters for exactly. a while, too. They stayed in, into the fourth quarter, even when it was 37-3, we brought the starters back out. Valaday was in, Ngata was in on that drive. Thought maybe you could have pulled him a little earlier, um, but all in all, I, you know, it was good to see Tevin White at the end. You know, receivers were fine. I mean, I think we had, what, 18 pass attempts, I believe, 13 completions. So, you know, didn't throw the ball that much. Didn't have to. And that's the part of this game that you can't read too much into is, like, you didn't have to, you know, execute on a third and eight in the third quarter down by seven. We didn't, you know, we weren't Mm -hmm. in that situation. We'll we'll see that situation, I'm sure. But, um, you know, like I said, I come out of it feeling – just a touch more optimistic than I was, which, uh, you know, is, is as good as you were going to get in a game like that. You weren't going to come out of it thinking, oh, this team is going to be world beaters. But, well, yeah. One of the things that I think seemed clear about this is, you know, last year in the Zach Hill regime, there was this push-pull of trick plays, gadget plays, and, a, and an emphasis on passing as well. Yeah. And Herm kind of clearly said that's not the way he would prefer the offense to run. Well, Glenn Thomas is running the Herm offense. Yes, there was huddles. Mm -hmm. There was was lining. I mean, you know, Jones was in the pistol on the shotgun at times. It wasn't, you know, I think we read some of that stuff, and I I know I did. You know, you read that and think, what are we going to, 1970s Michigan? You know, we're going to have a fullback, and we're going to huddle. And, you know, it wasn't that. But there were huddles, you know, and – Look, when you, when you don't have great depth, and that's the thing, as I looked at this team last night, I'm thinking, you know, if they stay relatively healthy, I think they could win six games, seven mm-hmm. games, maybe, you know, hot, you know, but they don't have great depth, really at very many positions at all. And so when you don't have great depth, well, what do you try to do? You try to shorten the game, you know, you try to take the air out of the ball when you can, run it. Offensive mm-hmm. line, I thought, looked fairly good last night. Yeah. Joey Ramos got hurt in the first half, and I, oh, you know, it was an ankle injury, apparently. Yeah. But this was a team that you would want to be able to out-physical. And they did. In the, in yes. the box. Yes. And they did. And they did. And so all you can say is they did what the bare minimum should be 
for a, a competitive team. And, and that then leads to the next discussion of like, you know, okay, how do you evaluate this year? I almost feel like there's two tracks of like, you evaluate this year based on the very low expectations for this season. And then it's year five of Herm Edwards and, you know. And the statements that were made at the hiring. Yes. We can't, you know. Seven and five is not good enough. And and mid-tier bowl games. And, and it's like, well, okay, that's what you've done so far. Mm-hmm. And now it's almost like, well, six and six would be considered an unqualified success this year. Which, again, compared to the expectations before just this year, yeah, it would be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if we go six and six, and obviously that's a big if. But if we go six and six, we would be a total of four games over 500 from 2020 through 2022. Not good. That's not, I mean, on January 1st, 2020, if I told you that, would you have been happy? I wouldn't have. No. That, you know, after we win the Sun Bowl, we finished 2019 on a good note. We had this young quarterback, young core. We're building. Well, and, and remember, we got told last year and this year were the years. Yeah. They, you yeah. Know, I, 2020 was supposed to be also, and obviously yeah. that year is a big giant asterisk but still like you were supposed to not be at the point where we are yeah you know six and six is considered a success mm-hmm. where you know beating up on nau is considered like a well you know at least they did that like i should not be happy about that no. <laughs> but i am because of how low the bar was coming in yeah one of the things that was a an open question at least to me was which kicker were they going to go with and what were they going to do uh, they wound up going with Carter Brown, the touted recruit, and only Carter Brown. Yeah. But there was yeah. no Jace Feely appearance Feely at all. Kicked, Feely punted at the end yeah. of the game. He got a punt in uh, just to get – and I think he had a kickoff. Mm-hmm. Kickoff at the end too. But, yeah, no no place kicks. Uh, so it looks like and, – And Brown was perfect. Yeah, four for four on PATs, four for one field goals. Two of them were 40-plus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looked looked really solid. Punting was good. Uh, it didn't have to punt much, but yeah. it was good. Uh, kickoffs were good. Chaplitsky was the kickoff guy. Yeah. You know, bow, banged a couple through the end zone, but then also was able to like drop one right at the goal line and get some coverage and you know set them up at the seventeen instead of the twenty five, which is an advantage. You know, like yeah. it's a it's a strategy you've got to employ when you want to just bust it through the end zone and when you don't. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that you know even. Well, really, in the post Zane Gonzalez world, it's just been a like, well, you know, Zendayas was okay. Yeah, he, you know, he's passable. He, he would, he was a good college kicker from inside the forty. Yes, yes, he you was sad. He was all right. You know, I mean, we were supposed to have Brandon Reese. Yeah, and he left, and and you know, he got off. I mean, he was only here one year, right? Yeah, I remember now, right? And he was good, and you know, but then he left, and so you were kind of patching it together, but. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it over the summer when we've done some of these, you know, look backs. Like, what what have we had at ASU consistently? Pretty good special teams. Good yeah. punters, good kickers. Mm-hmm. You don't want that to be your calling card necessarily. But I guess it's better to have that than nothing at all. Well, and in a season where your focus is on ball control. Right. right. If you're going to be a defense ball control team, you need a good kicker. Yeah, you got to be able to cash in three points if you get inside the thirty. And, and it you know, seems like we, at least for one for game, one game, can. yeah, yeah. I mean, kickers are weird, and you know, the, the roller coaster can be all over the place. I mean, we had Thomas Weber who went from great know, Groza Award great kicker to totally undependable by the end of his career. Mm-hmm. I'll always put in parentheses he was injured. Yeah, I, you know, he shouldn't have been playing, but but nonetheless, like. 
you never know what goes on there. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think overall you come out of the first game with no major concerns. Mm-hmm. And and that's beyond, the best you beyond can have. the obvious of what we already knew about this roster, and you know, like nothing new popped up. Like, oh boy, this this looked bad. Well, and that is the best case scenario in yeah. a lot of ways for a game like this, right? Because we've talked about this every time we play NAU or an NAU type right. team. You see Davis you're, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your your best outcome is you did what you were supposed to. Avoid the, and, the panic. Yeah. yeah, and anything short of that is bad. Well, and they had, won by 37. We've had, you know, I don't remember what year it was. I think it might have been 06 that we played NAU, and it was tied at the end of three quarters. Mm-hmm. And you know, we ended up winning. I think we won maybe won by three touchdowns. But it was like, oh, boy. And that was a red flag. That season had problems. So, you know, look, I don't know how good NAU is supposed to be this year. I have no clue. I'm not going to pretend. You know, what I know is... But it doesn't had, matter. They, they have 25 exactly. less scholarship exactly. players. <laughs> they, had a, they had a returning quarterback who was pretty good last year. They had a running back who was like top 10 in the FCS in rushing yards last year, and he had 11 yards on 10 carries last night. So, you know, defense was, was very solid. And if the defense can be fundamentally sound, tackle well, um, you know, then then you say to Emory Jones, just like don't make big mistakes, run the ball, and then there's a recipe there to win six or seven games. Yeah, it's not enough to win the Pac-12. We're we're not good enough and deep enough to to have that recipe win the conference. But can we get to the postseason? Given the watered down standards of what postseason is, yeah, if if all that works. Well, and the the other piece that I think is worth noting here is, despite all the turnover, despite all the turmoil the defensive line yeah. controlled the game yeah. again. Yeah. You know, like when you what you just said, very 11 good. yards rushing. Very is, good against the run. Yeah. Very just good, solid. I mean, they, they threw a lot of short passes to try to get you run after catch, and they didn't get much at all. First mm-hmm. drive, either the first or second play, we missed the tackle. Guy got like nine yards, and I thought, oh, boy, that's not a good sign. And, and there was really no more of that the rest of the night. And like, they did it last night with the secondary – Banged up. A couple injuries, yeah. Jordan Clark and uh, Davis. Davis, right, yeah. Tamarcus Davis. A couple Davis. guys that, you know, I, I told you before the game via text, like, there were a couple guys starting in the secondary that I'd never heard their names. Roe Torrance. Mm-hmm. I, if you had told me 36 hours ago, is Roe Torrance an ASU player? I would have said, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, 6-4 corner, wasn't bad. Um, you know, again, passing game. Well, and if these are the, sec- if these it, are the second guys. Exactly. Exactly, you know. So we'll 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 find out more this week, you know, or, or next week, I guess I should say, going to Stillwater against a you know a really good veteran quarterback. They can throw it. They scored fifty eight points yesterday. National TV. Yeah, on the road. I mean, that's that's a huge step up. You know, top well, fifteen team with a four year starter at quarterback. And that becomes a question, I think, for what exactly is the leadership Emory Jones is providing? Because he has played road games yes. against top 15 teams. Yeah, he has. You yeah. know, yeah. more so than the rest of this Yeah, for sure. Team. For sure. And, I, you know, like, you hear a lot of good things, but but the question about him, and not really him, but just the whole team is like, okay, how are they going to respond when, the you know, the metaphorical crap hits the fan? You know, what happens when... You know, you go to Stillwater and you're down, you know, 21 nothing in the first quarter. I hope that doesn't happen, but it could happen. And so what what happens then is, is the big question. And, I, you know, we'll find out. But, I, you know, you hear a lot of good things about Emory Jones. You really do. You hear a lot of, like, 
boy, the team respects him and, and you know, whatever. Well, and, and there's obviously with that, there's an implied criticism yeah, with Daniels. That's exactly but, what I was going to say. Yes. But yes. there's also perhaps a warranted criticism of like, we talked about Daniels was treated with kid gloves. Yes, he was. It may be that the rest of the team also didn't care for that. It might be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't have any inside knowledge of that when I, you know, but but you got the feeling a little bit as last year went on and then after the year that, that they handed, I've, I've used this metaphor with you before, you know, they handed the keys to the kingdom to Jaden Daniels before he had really earned the keys to the kingdom. And that maybe there was a little bit of like, hey, you know, why is this guy the face of the franchise? you got to earn that, and, and you can't just say it. You can't just say, this, this is guy's guy. that, because, you know, guys know who's fake. They know who doesn't deserve it, and maybe well, you're right, yeah. And, you know, the the rumors and the involvement of his mother, right. um, and just things that you could realistically see mm-hmm. as rubbing your teammates the wrong mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And just his play had, had eroded a little bit. Yeah. Like his place peaked in 2019, dropped off in the mini season of 2020, but there wasn't enough to really evaluate. And then... Well, and you could you argue, know, like, at that point, you're like, well, it's new receivers, but right. 2021, full receiving court. You had spring practice. You had... I mean, 2021 wasn't 100% normal. But it was pretty darn close to normal. Well, and you, you had, had ball, you had full ball, you had you, know, you had four four star receivers yeah. who you'd been with now through a full season yes. and off season. Yes, so you can't use that excuse forever. And uh, I don't know, maybe you know, you pointed it out. Like maybe there was too much conflict in what the offense was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it was you know, and and maybe we didn't develop. I mean, I don't think there's any maybe about it. We did not develop those receivers the way they were supposed to be developed. Two of them are already gone. Well, and we're seeing um, we're we're sort of seeing the comeuppance of that now, where we're relying on transfer receivers right. and transfer tight ends. Right. And right, you know, you've got Elijah Badger had you know some involvement nice yesterday, night, last and night. Chad yeah. Johnson still he was in the game, late, you know, but no catches. I don't think. Yeah, um, still looking for that elusive yeah. first collegiate catch. Andre Johnson had a couple nice catches. Um, yeah. Swinson, you pointed him out. Like he had he was know, first drive had a couple big plays, and and looked like like he looked the part as a pass catching tight end, which was exciting because it was like okay, you know, this guy. I mean, we saw what Curtis Hodges did last year. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's a different offense, but you know, like, all right, that that's a good, reliable threat. It just what you saw last night, it really felt like there just isn't much depth. Receiver, they did they got a lot of guys in and out. Yeah. But like beyond that, it was like that's the concern. It's like this team doesn't have the depth to withstand injuries. Yeah. Widespread. I mean you're gonna have one or two, but they need to be healthy to reach any sort of expectation this year. Yeah, I mean the thing with Swinson, going back to the style of offense you want to run. Having a tight, being a running team with a pass catching tight end, you, your play action yes. is your play action yes. there. Like yes. there's, and if you can, if ASU is going to come out with a, you know, two backs and a tight end formation as their base, yeah, which which it sounds like that's what they want to do. Yeah, based yeah. on the depth chart they released mm-hmm. and everything, it seems mm-hmm. like that's the plan. Yeah. That tight end position being able to block and catch becomes critical For sure. and. For one game, the transfer from Mizzou looked look, look the part. Look good, yeah. I mean, yeah, again, long, long, long way to go. The one thing I thought last night as I was kind of like going over it in my mind, you know, trying to get to sleep, was, you know, 
no matter what happens the rest of this season, we will not remember the NAU game. Like, whether if the rest of this season goes on to be a surprisingly good season or if it's a really terrible season, like, neither one will we be like, well, you know, but NAU was... No. It'll be merely an opening footnote to the story of the 2022 season. But yeah, Because it didn't yeah. raise red flags. Right. Like, right. It, it obviously was never going to be the thing where you're like, well, that set the tone. Exactly. This week... Could set the tone. We're gonna, three of the next four games are top. I mean, I think USC's ranked, aren't they? To start they the year. are to start the year. So top three, top twenty-five teams. Two of them on the road. Uh, the best of them, I believe, in the rankings say that too at home. So you know that's no cakewalk. We're gonna find out. You know, I, I told you when we did our picks last week. I think you know probably don't matter what this team is two and three, but how are they two and three? Mm-hmm. Are they competitive in those games? Do we do we threaten Oklahoma State? And, you know, feel like going into the fourth quarter, hey, you know, we put together a drive here, we, we or are we down by 28 points yeah. going through the motions? You know, th- those are the... Well, and this is also, you know, we talked about the defense choked out NAU. You're not going to do that this week. No, you're not. So, no. So it's a question of, does taking, if you take, if you're going to play take the air out of the ball offense against a team like Oklahoma State... You gotta score, you, and you gotta actually take the air out of the ball. Like yeah. you gotta get first downs. You can't, yeah. you know, you can't just go out running and go three and outs. Mm-hmm. That's where that plan doesn't work. <laughs> you know, yeah. like because then you run into the old Oregon <laughs> yes. teams where it's like yeah. you look up and it's, and it's twenty-one, 21 nothing. nothing in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, like you gotta you gotta string together a ten-play drive, a twelve-play drive. Mm-hmm. You know, get get even a field goal out of it. You know, so yeah, I mean that'll be the big test, and it'll continue to be the test. And, Again, like I, I think this team could play pretty well over the next four weeks and probably still be two and three. But how do you come out of that two and three? Mm-hmm. And I said it when we did it. Like fast forward to October second, in a way, where are we at? We're probably the same record that we expected. But does the team have life? Can they beat Washington and get to five hundred? And then you feel like, all right. Or do you come out lay an egg at home against Washington? You go into your bye. You know, then you go two in a row on the road, and all of a sudden it spins off the tracks, and you're looking at which was what I picked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and both are very much still in play. Yeah, I mean, I, again, high end. This team wins seven games. Yeah. I can't see a road to winning more than seven. I really well, they it. just the, they are being passed by. Yes, they, they, it's just not the talent. Well, and that's the thing. The you know the transfer portal. I saw something about you know. They brought in, uh, like, some of the highest number of Division right. One transfers. It's like, yeah, but it, maybe, okay, maybe you trade for all the things we talked about, Emory Jones for Jane Daniels, yeah. but you probably don't trade Emory Jones and Valade for Daniels and Pearsall. And Pearsall. You know, and you don't trade Lole and Gentry. Right, Lole, Gentry. Uh, you know, I mean, and then you lose, you know, you, I mean, that's not a bad thing necessarily, but you know, what, nine guys in the NFL, you know, got yeah. on the NFL rosters, at least in training yeah. camp. And you lose, oh. and then Mattis gets hurt at the, right. you right. know, which that's not anything to do with losing right. talent, but it's but another it, piece. And it's when like, you don't have the depth, Yeah, each, you know, nail hurts harder. And, and it just doesn't feel like we, I think we have decent depth on the defensive line. Linebacker, I don't know that we have any depth whatsoever. Like, I feel like if our starters stay healthy, We'd be pretty good, but if Robertson or Kyle Soelli gets hurt, we're in big trouble. 
big, big trouble. It <laughs> feels kind of Graham with Mokio, yes. Mokiola, yes. where it's like, hey, look, if he he's playing, yes. yeah, if he's playing, Colts <laughs> with Bob Sanders. Yep, yep, if, he, yep. if, if he's playing, he'll be okay. Yeah, and but if he's, he's out, just we're yep. going to give up points. Yeah, so. we might as well just plan to score 45 because we're giving up 42. Uh, you know, so, yeah, I mean, there's, it's a very thin margin for error. With, with this mm-hmm. team, but at the very least, I came out of last night feeling like there is a little bit of margin for error, and I wasn't sure going in. Like, yeah. I, I really, I was concerned that we could lose last night, because I just thought, like, how bad is this team? I think, you know, you've read all the stuff, and you've heard all the stuff, and it's like, what if this team just downright stinks? And they didn't look that way. So, yeah. is that I mean, it was <laughs> No, not really, but it's, it's better than a negative. Well, and it was a realistic outcome. It was. That, you know, going into this year with the offseason we had, with the change we had, you know, going back to Emory Jones, one, one thing that I think merits saying is, even though people thought he was destined to come and he wound up coming, he didn't come until May. Right, right. And this so three yeah. months of practice and not organized. Not right? even organized until, you know, the beginning of August. And gets voted a team captain, and you know you can say, well, that's perfunctory for a quarterback, but not always. Not no. always a starting quarterback and captain. So I think you can see that they there is respect there for him. And I, I mean, based on the little whispers you get about Paul Tyson, not that he's a bad kid, seems like people like him, but he would have been overmatched as the starter here or anywhere. I think so. Emory Jones, that that feels like it's a little bit of a saving grace that we got Emory Jones. Just to give us a pulse, yeah, you know, just to feel like we've got a, we've got a quarterback that is capable of playing well enough to win games, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure we had that coming out of the spring. I mean, you can you can kind of see it in how quickly they handed the keys to Emory Jones and said, "Do it, man," because like I think I think Herm and the coaches, you know, they were PC about it, but I think they left thinking we are in big big trouble if these are our quarterbacks. Yeah, well, and the the Tyson thing you see with Borgay coming in yes. first, yes. like it, it, you know, Borgay is the college equivalent of a career NFL backup. Yes. Like yes. he's been there for a while, he knows the system, yeah, or at least the players. I know the system changes, sure. but he knows the players. Right. He knows the expectations. He's what a former walk-on is supposed to be. I yeah. mean, every now and again you get the Stetson Bennett and the Baker Mayfield, the heroic story. Oh, I know. But 99% of the time, a guy's a walk-on because he wasn't good enough to be a scholarship quarterback. And, you know, he's a, I think he's a very, you know, probably good, decent person. But, you know, he's not a starting quarterback. Yeah. And I don't think Paul Tyson and, is either. Well, and had he been, we would have been looking at a Danny Sullivan yes. situation. Yes. I feel like at least Emory Jones gives us experience, gives us, you know, an added threat of a runner. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think. I mean, Tyson certainly is not that, and I, you know, Borgay's not a bad athlete, but he's very small. Yeah. So I don't know how much you know. Like it gives us a, an element offensively, and just just the potential. Like it's it's like it's you compare it to the NFL. It's probably like a team having Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's not. Uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is known for like being throwing a lot of picks and stuff too. I'm not saying, but just feeling like you know, is this guy good enough to win us a Super Bowl? conference title, whatever, no. But is he good enough to win us a few games? To be yeah. out there and, like, we can look competent, we can have a pulse? Yes. Well, and he and can be competitive and he can lead. And yeah. That's... There's probably a better analogy than Ryan, but, but just that feeling of, like, 
do you have, you know, Aaron Rodgers? Do you have, you know, uh, the college version of, you know, Tua or Kyler Murray? No, no, we don't have that. We weren't going to have that. But if we can have, you know, Jade Daniels, but maybe a slightly better leader, then, yeah, I think we're in good shape. And I, and I think that was the problem with Jade Daniels. Is I just don't know if there was much respect for him in that locker room. Just felt like things were going south. Mm-hmm. And and so I think, you know, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you know, I mean, it, again, credit to, and we'll see, the, the verdict is far from in, but credit to the staff for, I think, realizing that, like, we don't have a starting quarterback coming out of spring ball. We need to get somebody. Yeah. And there weren't many options available. And so we found, I think, the best option available. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to talk a little expanded playoff at all? Yeah, let's do that. The news of the day in the college football world. So by 2026, and potentially as early as 2024, Four, yeah, it won't be next year. They yeah. could go yeah. to a 12-team playoff. Now the the nuance, the wrinkle is the top six conference, conference champions, champions yeah. get in, which essentially I think. You know, barring some weird meets, your Power Five champs, and then American or Mountain West, depending on the year. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of how it feels. Now, things can change in conference dynamics and stuff like that. But what it is, I believe, tremendously is is a incentive now to stay in the Pac-12 and to stay in the Big 12. If you're if you're one of those schools, like you know, because the road is there now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're an, we're ASU fans, mm-hmm. like. All we get, you know, when this format comes in, if you think, hey, we're good enough to win the Pac-12, that means we're good enough to be in the playoff. Yeah, with USC and UCLA yeah. gone. Does that mean we can win the title? Probably not. I don't think new teams are going to start winning the title, but it just gives you more hope now. When you get a share that, now of the money, right, too, from right. the playoff revenue. So maybe there eventually there might be some new blood that, you know, but probably, you know, early on, it's, it's still going to be Alabama and Ohio State and Oklahoma and, and those teams deep in the, you know. But but it just gives like it was starting to feel like with the four team playoff that you know same six teams yeah, make up four unless spots. you were a fan of maybe ten or twelve teams going into the season you didn't have a chance to even get in much less win it so I, I feel like you know it's a good thing for that you know I don't love the second round being at bowls I don't understand that so you're going to give a home game to five six seven and eight. But not one, but two, not three. one, two, three, four. I mean, I know you give them a bye, and okay, that's that's helpful in a football season, no doubt. But I just don't get that. So you're going to reward your top four conference champs by telling them you don't get an extra home game. Doesn't make no, sense. No, they me, should but. do the first two rounds. Yeah, but at, at home sites, but they want to keep. I mean, the one thing to take out of this, well, there's many things, but one thing to take out of this is the bowl game power just is is unkillable. Mm-hmm. Is unkillable. We, how many times you hear, you know, this is the bowl games are losing their influence. No, they're not. They're well, no, because like ESPN owns all of them. But yeah, they still, they still have sway with the decision makers, mm-hmm. the presidents, the commissioners, and I mean, I'm cynical, but I think one of the reasons they have sway is, you know, the, they're they're you know glorified vacations, basically. I mean, yeah. you, you know, if you're a if you're a conference president or or conference commissioner or whatever, you know. And where do you want to, you know, spend your week in December? In Phoenix for the Fiesta Bowl, or in Ann Arbor if Michigan's a top four seed? <laughs> it's a pretty yeah. easy choice, right? You know, so 
you know, and you get you get free food and you know lounges and free liquor and I mean, you know, like it's it's you know free golf and uh, like yeah, of course they don't want the bulls to go away. Well, and then the the flip side is when you say, well, you these teams don't get a home game. It's like well, we could go to sixteen. And then they get a home game, which I wouldn't, which helps the revenue. I wouldn't be against that, and I think it wouldn't surprise me if that's in the future. But I like twelve because it gives you the the bye week. So there is a reward for being the very best. If you're, you know, in the in recent years, you know, if you're Alabama, Georgia, whatever, I I think you should have a built-in advantage over a team that goes, you know, nine and three and is the number twelve team. And that built-in advantage is the week off. So I I, I like that. I, I do like the 12-team format. I just, yeah, I absolutely think they should be at home, too. And, and, and if you want to have the semifinals be, you know, at bowl games. But, you know, here's the problem, and this is why it didn't happen, is if you do that, you're telling, you've got these big six bowl games, you'd basically be telling them that two out of every three years, one out of every three years you're going to get a semifinal, the other two you're going to get, you know, no better than the 13th best team in the country. It's hard to sell that. Yeah. So that's why we are where we are, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Again, it's not really about the fans. I did like that, not, there was, no. that there was some pushback when the backyard brawl yeah. was a great game and, you know, very passionate. And people are like, maybe we shouldn't break up rivalries. and Or you figure out a way to beat Colorado, Colorado State, BYU, Utah, and you I just agree. play it anyway. I agree, yes. I mean, I, you know, but, but politics, I mean, you know, we're, we're in a place that's been affected by that. Mm-hmm. Immensely with Texas and Texas A&M. Now they're going to be back in the same conference soon, but you know we've we've seen it. That rivalry, which is one of the best in football, hasn't been played in a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Pitt West Virginia is is a great example because I think you know nationally probably people don't pay much attention to Pitt West Virginia, but it's a big deal. Yeah. You could see it in you know that when, crowd last night when maybe, Pitt you know, spoiled West Virginia's chance. You know whatever that was, yeah, Lonstead, two thousand seven, I believe. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, the thirteen to nine game. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean that that's a great rivalry, and those are the things that make college football so great. You know, mm-hmm. is it is it fun to see? You know, when you think about USC and UCLA, you know, yeah, is it is it fun to think about Ohio State and USC playing? You know, in the regular season, sure. But is it all that exciting to think about, you know, Northwestern and UCLA? Not really. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, there's more downsides than upsides to something like that. Yeah, the, the high-end stuff, the thought of, you know, USC going to Michigan and USC going to Penn State. Or sure. Ohio State coming to the Coliseum. Sure, sure. Yeah. Those are exciting. And, and, you know, as a fan who likes to travel to games, am I excited by the thought of, you know, every – Three, four years, whatever, Michigan comes to USC or Ohio State comes to USC. Yeah. Or UCLA. But still, like, outside of that, you know, am I, am I, I mean, are UCLA fans really jacked up by, you know, Rutgers. annual games with Rutgers and Maryland and uh, yeah. <laughs> probably not. Indiana. Yeah. Maybe a basketball. Yeah. Because, yeah. You know, I mean, UCLA, Indiana basketball is interesting. But again, it's, it's uh, Northwestern versus any of them in any sport. It's not <laughs> really, no. You know, and that's no knock on, I mean, Northwestern's a, a good athletic department, but, you know, like, Northwestern should be playing Illinois, mm-hmm. Purdue. I you, know, you know, those are the those are the teams that are Northwestern matters, and Cal matters to USC and UCLA, or at least they should, and, you know, you lose that when you, you know, I mean, but it's, what's done is done there. Hopefully, maybe, this expansion of the playoffs stems the tide of more of that. 
you know, because really, I mean, now you're the way the format is. I, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll see, you know, how the consequences shake out. But like, if you're Oregon and you're weighing, you know, the results for your football program, your road to the playoff is much easier staying in the Pacific, whatever, mm-hmm. than it is going to the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent easier. Well, and, you're, and then it just becomes how much? What's the money split the conference gives right. you if you're the rep versus the right? Right. You know, I mean, like, cause yeah, there's six at larges, but there's only six at larges. Mm-hmm. So you know, okay, if you're, I mean, let's say Alabama and LSU and Georgia and Florida are all good, and Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan State are all good, not out of the realm of possibility that that could happen. But there's not enough spots for all of them. Mm-hmm. So now you're not even, you know, like, I'd much rather be in the Pac-12 and think, hey, smooth sailing. I mean, I it becomes like, I'm in. well, it becomes like March Madness for the mid-majors. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, all you got to do is win. All you got to do is win your conference. And, and I mean, I know, you know, people, oh, well, in 2020, the Pac-12 wouldn't, 2020, the Pac-12 played like four games each. You yeah. can't use that as a, yes, Coastal Carolina finished ranked higher than, you know, whoever it was, Oregon. Oregon shouldn't have even been in the Pac-12 title game that year. They, they went as a replacement because Washington couldn't play. So you can't use 2020 as a, you know, a barrier to say what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, every other year, the Pac-12 champ would have been in the top six conference champions. So I think I think you feel fairly good if you're, you know, George Klyovkov or whatever. Yeah. Now, of course, the reason that this didn't happen 15 months ago is because of him and Kevin Warren and, and Jim Phillips. They mm-hmm. turned it down, and, and, you know, maybe if they had approved it 15 months ago, we wouldn't be where we are. Yeah. Maybe USC and UCLA don't leave. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we'll never know the answer to that, I guess. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. We'll talk about what we saw at Texas. We'll talk yes. about the other food we eat in Austin. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, we'll also preview ASU Oklahoma State. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. Ben, Matt Sportscast.